Hey listeners, it's that time of year again. Summer is wrapping up and I am taking a break from the podcast to spend some time with my family and prepare for the show's upcoming season. As I mentioned last week, I am sharing Build Your Best Family's most popular episodes. These are the episodes that I got the most feedback on, that you downloaded and shared the most. If you're a new listener here, that's great because you're in for a treat and you're going to get some of the best episodes we've had yet. And for those of you that have been around for a while, get ready to relive those aha moments and spark new great conversations with your friends and loved ones about how you can live a life of attention and purpose with your family. I'll be back before you know it with fresh new content. And in the meantime, I just wanted to thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. Stay tuned and remember that family culture isn't about perfect, it's about purpose. I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. Do your children have a good relationship with each other, or are they more likely to fight than enjoy each other's company? As parents, we play a key role in helping nurture a good sibling relationship and reduce sibling rivalry and conflict. Tonight... Today, I'm here with Noelle Rhodes and Alana Kuabara to talk about what it means to cultivate healthy sibling relationships. Before we get started, I want you guys to let me know what product, service, or system is making your mom life easier now. I'll go. I even brought mine to school today. (laughs) I bought this, and this is no plug. I bought this like... It is notes off. I bought like this legit appointment book. This is different than this is different than a calendar or planner. You see how like I don't know if you can see. You see how like every hour is laid out, but that's oh. like a whole week like this. Yeah, this has been a game changer for me, and I have tried many 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 different systems. Kimberly can attest to that. Um, this was like eight bucks, and I just I could just see everything. I like that. Like, mm-hmm. in just, I, I'm not good at showing things on Zoom, mm-hmm. but like in just one go. And because it's like the full day in one little column, mm-hmm. I just feel like I don't have to turn pages. Literally, this just this just stays open like this on my desk all week long, or I'll throw it in my pocketbook when I need to. But I'm like, why didn't I do this sooner? Why did I, why did I try to be fancy with bullet journals and panda planners and all these things that we do? A bucks changed my life. They have like this the squares, which is perfect for time blocking. Well, I mean, is that what you do with it? Yeah. That's what I do with it. And it really, I'm telling you, it shows me where I'm wasting time because it really it just shows your whole day and your mm-hmm. whole week. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. That's really good. It's good. I highly recommend it if you're someone who struggles with time management, even if you just use it for like a month. It's really helpful. Yeah. That's my big system. I like that. I like to time block and my time blocking changes. You know, I, I, I'd like to think I have certain days and certain times and I can just do a Google printout and you can see the beautiful colors, but it never works because it's always different. My schedule is never the same. So I might like that. Target, baby. 
All right, Alana, what about you? Okay, this is also not an ad or a plug necessarily, um, but we got the kids for Christmas debit cards. And yeah, so it's this, I don't know if there's other options out there, but this particular one's called Greenlight Debit Cards and it has an app and they each have their own profile and they earn um, a little, it's like 0.01% interest in their savings. So there's a checking and a savings Mm -hmm. and then there's different categories in each and you can make up your own ones and then people can gift them money, which is, I got to say, it's not easiest process. Okay. I think they can work on that a little bit. Anybody's listening from Greenlight, um, just make it a direct deposit situation. But regardless of that, um, the th- reason why it's making my mom life easier is because <laughs> we were just laughing about this the other day that there's like been cash in our home that's just cycles through and the kids will like find money somewhere and they'll be like I want to buy this add-on to my like app that I'm playing with on the on the iPad and so they give you you know two dollars and then I'm not putting two dollars in the bank so now I got this two dollars somewhere and then they're like mom can I have two dollars or something like yeah sure and then later they're like mom I have two dollars can I buy this thing and you're like yeah sure it's two dollars just keeps going back and forth I'm like this has to stop this has to stop so that was honestly my like number one selfish motivation for these debit cards because I, I wanted to like start tracking better and not have this cash that never hits the bank but also, um, it's been great to help them do math. We I homeschool, so it's an opportunity to do math. It's an opportunity to understand personal finances and budgeting, and you can have add chores and allowance to it, and chores can can have a, mm-hmm. a you know a value to it. And so um, we started coming up with a better system for you know there's like a base level of chores that they just have to do. You have to do those chores. This has nothing to do with money. But if you want to earn some money, you can go above and beyond that, and you can do these other chores. And they have a certain amount of money attached to them. And I had to yell at them the other day. <laughs> I didn't yell at them, but I raised my voice and I was like, "You're leaving money on the table." Yeah, because <laughs> you could you could earn five dollars. You're just you're doing nothing. What are you doing with your life? Go over there, clean that thing, earn five, you do these four or five tasks and earn five dollars. You know, you're gonna spend 10 minutes doing it. You know, so just the opportunity to kind of teach them all that stuff. Um and also go, do you have your debit card with you? Like if we go to Target, like make sure you they have their little bullets. It's like the cute thing ever. I'm like, don't leave that on a shelf somewhere. forget about it because I'm not paying for this. And so they got to go through the checkout with the woman who was checking them out. It was like the cutest thing. They're like putting their debit card in. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm enjoying it all around and they are too. And check that out. You can put that in the show notes. Yeah. I'll link to all I should. I ha- and I have a link if you want to get then, No, you got to yeah. put that link in. But in the a show referral notes. link. Yes. You can tell me where to get their uh, old school appointment book, Noel. <laughs> Target gives me nothing. I'm always promoting Target. They give me That's nothing. Okay. I just take my money. <laughs> we can it. still link to it in case people are like, what the heck does it look like? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my um, mom life hack, making mom life easier is my remote start on my car. Now, 
the the car did come with an app. Like we've had several different remote starts on our cars. Like our van is older, it's paid off, but we that we, you know, with the key fob, we can remote start it. But then my our newer car that we lease, there's an app on my phone. And I have to say, I didn't really use it for the first year I had it, but I've been using it all winter. And it's phenomenal because I can actually like lock the door, you know, when I'm at a restaurant and I forgot to lock it or like you know, there's times I've walked away and I go, oh, shoot, was it locked? I don't know. But the, 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 the best part is starting it in the morning and it actually allows me a couple different settings so I can choose which setting. So if it's like snowy, I can do the one with the defrosts or if it's just, it's hot outside, I could do the one with the air conditioner. So, you know, I have to take my kids to school. I have to take my son around 745, around like 740. I hit that button, get that going. By the time I get out there, the ice is defrosted or the seats are warm or whatever it is I want it to be. <laughs> I want it to do. It does, which just makes things a little bit easier for me um, in the mornings. I'm a little bit happier to kind of like slide into that seat. Um, so here in New Jersey, it's amazing. <laughs> cold right now. It's so cold. I still got to go. I'm old school. I got to get up at four o'clock in the morning to go to the gym. And I got to go out there in that cold and stick my keys in and turn it on mm-hmm. and hope it, it warms up. Yeah. It's a very hard life for me. <laughs> <laughs> really hard. I know it is definitely a luxury. I know that even cars nowadays, you can pretty easy get like an aftermarket start kit. Right. And if you're in like extreme right. yeah. temperatures, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah. It really is. Especially yeah. with little ones, if you've got to get them in the car and yeah, yeah for sure. Love All it. right. So on to siblings, getting along, doing what we can so that they'll be friends. Um, yeah, I, I think this is really important and sometimes overlooked. And I want to know yeah. what you guys think about this. What are your thoughts? I mean, I, I just think you have strong thoughts. I have strong thoughts. About it. So you go first. I don't want to scare the people. I'll get my weak <laughs> no. thoughts out of the way. Yours is not weak. <laughs> I just have mine are a little bit opinionated. That's all. <laughs> okay, well, uh, you know, I, I think I'm probably opinionated about it too, but I just think siblings are for life. That's mm. a relationship that's just forever. So it's just wisdom to have a good relationship with the people that you live with. And, mm. you know, could be 18 plus years that you're going to live with this person. And then um, I think it also prepares you for relationships with other people. I mean, this is where, for me as a mom, like this is where I teach my kids how to share, how to be generous. It's like, this is, this, this relationship is one of the most, and if it's a bad relationship, it will affect other areas of your life. And It's just, so I think it's just so critical to have good relationships with your siblings. Um, you know, they're a friend when you have no friends, if you have a good relationship with them. So, and you have a line and, that you always say in most of your episodes. I was just going to say, what's <laughs> the I line? Think you need to say it. <laughs> oh, God. It's so true. Say it. Say it. <laughs> Family is the first society. Yeah. <laughs> so it true. Is. So true. Mm-hmm. My, <laughs> strong strong feelings. my strong feelings Let's about go. it. Well, <laughs> this is going to, it's going to like be a little bit deep and dark for a second here. Um, okay. So, you know, in the Bible, the very first sin we ever read about is when 
Eve um, eats from the tree of the garden of good and evil. And God said, don't do that, right? And that's the first sin. The second sin we read about is Cain murdering his brother, Abel. And I've been thinking about this for a different reason, but I was thinking about how like a little weird, like just like, okay, that whole, first of the Bible is weird, but like what a weird, like this is the first story we hear about a sibling relationship and it ain't healthy. It, it ends bad, you know? He gets brutally murdered. And um, I was thinking about how, you know, when there is sibling conflict, I really think it has a lot to do more with inner issues. And it's your siblings that kind of sort of, because they're the first society, right? Um, it's sort of the, they're the people that kind of bring out the worst in you. And they also know the worst in you. And, and I think when there's issues and there's clashing and there's conflict and you're not getting along, it's sort of like, kind of like there's a deeper issue lying underneath. And for Cain, he didn't feel like he was enough. He didn't feel like the sacrifice he gave uh, to, it wasn't, it wasn't what the Lord wanted. And he was jealous of evil and it ended in murder. I'm not saying that all of our sibling problems are going to end in murder, but there's, when there's a conflict, there's an inner issue that needs cool. to be addressed. And I think as a parent, it's an opportunity when you see your kids are being a little bit more, you know, snappy at each other, or maybe even be manipulative or um, just always putting them down. Like, well, what's going on like deeper? And as a parent, if this is an opportunity for us to be like, okay, like what's the issue? It may actually have nothing to do with what's happening between you two. It has to do with you. And then it right. becomes a pattern in the relationship. And then, you know, you're 55 years old and you haven't spoken to your sister in 20 years. But really that started with an issue that you had deep down inside. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, for parents, either, and I'm being, I'm generalizing here. Okay. Either we're very passive about sibling conflict. And we're like, Oh, this kid, you know, brothers and sisters and sisters and sisters and brothers and brothers, that's how they are. And they're just going to fight. And we don't use it as opportunity to talk about what's happening in the heart or we just kind of like, come on, everyone get along, you know, and just sort of not address the issue, address the symptom. And yeah. this is my very strong opinion about it. And um, thank you for coming to my TED talk. That's my very strong <laughs> opinion about it. Because I feel like we don't do, and I'm, I include myself in that. Mm -hmm. I, it's only been until recently when I start studying the story of Cain and Abel, I'm like, yo, like our, our issues with our siblings often have to do with issues within ourselves. Well, you think about some of the other Good. sibling relationships in the Bible, you think about Ishmael and Isaac. I mean, those are two nations that are still at war with each other. And, and then you want to talk about, you know, even um, Esau and his brother, Jacob. I mean, like families and tribes pitted Re against each other for generations. Yeah. Yeah. There's not, a ton of, there's not a ton of good examples, are there? No. <laughs> even Mary and Martha had issues. Martha's like, she's lazy. <laughs> Tell her to help me. No, I, I and and what did Jesus do in that moment? He addressed Martha's heart. Mm. Ooh. So, talk. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> saying this is my strong opinion, but I do think it's a missed opportunity. <laughs> and this is yeah. why talking about it on the show is so important. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is it why it's important, Kimberly? 
Well, I just, I mean, like you said, like that there's seeds being sown in our kids' hearts and in their lives when they're young and in relationship to one another. And selfishly, I think you mentioned this already. Like I want to like my kids. I want my family life to be peaceful. I want my kids to get along because I want to enjoy family life. I want to enjoy our vacations. If we're spending money on vacations, if we can't get our kids to get along, I mean, what, what is that? Like, what's the point of all of it? Right. Right. Um, but I also want my kids to have healthy relationships because I want them to be close in the future. You know, when I'm not here anymore, years and years and years, years from now, I want them to still have a relationship. I want there to be like, I want our future to be full of connectivity and yeah, strength yeah. And, and and for it to be enjoyable. And so I do think that it's really important. And I love that you touched on, you know, this, uh, this idea of being passive and having an expectation that siblings won't get along. Like we don't need to put up with that. We don't need to accept that. And we need to understand that if we let things happen now while they're young and not be um, rooted up and we don't address those situations and we don't teach our kids how to handle those situations, it's just going to, they're just going to carry them into the future. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. What do you think we believe in our culture about sibling relationships besides just like they won't get along? That's just not true about sibling relationships. That's a great question, Noel. Um yeah, I think I think, you know, that we also have can have an expectation that they should get along. So we can have this expectation that like, oh yeah, siblings, they fight, sibling rivalry, that's to be expected. But then we can also have an expectation that they should get along all the time, Mm. 100% of the time. Mm. And I had a very wise um, friend of mine who was older, she she has adult children, and I was talking to her about my kids at the time, and she said that her mother had said to her, so this, this is wisdom coming, you know, down through the chains here. Um, but she said to her, you know, you can't expect people who are together 24, practically 24 hours a day to get along yeah. every minute of the day. You have to give them space. And that's one of the, so I really took that to heart and I, and I realized that that's true. There's like, there's not really anyone that I would want to never not be around ever and never be by myself and just always be yeah. everywhere we go. Every mm-hmm. time we eat, everything we do, you're there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like they're, the, they're bound to have conflict. They're yeah. bound to get on each other's nerves. So you have to give them space. You have, sometimes I just, if they're great in each other's nerves, I just go, that's it. Everybody needs alone time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everybody finds something to do by themselves immediately. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's good. I mean, as, as, as much as we want to do something and make them get along, I think there is a time and a place to give them space for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and I think that, um, this whole idea, you know, we go back to this like passive approach to our kids' friendships. I think we make a lot of excuses around like their age. Maybe if there's a large age gap or we make excuses mm. around their different personalities and we say, oh, well, they're like oil and water. They just, they don't naturally get along. They're just so different. My, you know, my two girls or whatever, they're so different. But I do think that that is not an okay reason to allow 
disconnection or your kids to not have a good relationship. You know, we want to be training our kids to deal with the real world. And in the real world, we have to get along with people that aren't like us. We have to work Mm -hmm. and even play with people that have different personalities than themselves. And that that's not a good excuse. You know, like I, I would say if, if you were to, we were to describe my daughters, they're very different. They have very different personalities, but I've thankfully have seen a very incredible relationship blossom between them because, you know, we didn't sort of emphasize, like I've heard people say, oh, they're so different. Well, they just, they just don't get, you know, they don't get along. Like, again, this idea of like Mm -hmm. naming things and labeling them with things that they hear over here and start to believe. And then they start to make excuses themselves of why they don't, shouldn't have Mm -hmm. to get along with their sibling, because after all they do X, Y, and Z, and that's not who I am. And, and um, yeah, I don't think age difference or uh, personalities should prevent siblings from having a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 13 years older than my sister and I'm 15 years older than my youngest brother. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And then I have a brother who's four years younger than me too. And same parents. I don't know. My parents got wild and crazy (laughs) 13 to 15 years later. Um, I, uh, and it it was a different relationship for sure, Mm -hmm. but, um, incredibly valuable to my life for sure. I mean, uh, my brother and sister, Seth and Dominique are much younger and Noah as well. He'll be upset if I don't say his name. He'll be like, you didn't mention me. Um, I have deep <laughs> respect for all of them. And they're they're incredibly brilliant, talented people. But they've been really, um, they've really blessed my, blessed me as an adult too. So even though like mm-hmm. I used to change my 15-year-old brother's, you know, diapers <laughs> in, in high school and my mom would be like, take him for a walk. I'm like, no, I don't want to take my, you know, infant brother for a walk. I'm 15 years old. Um, like now he's, he's just, you know, he sews into my kids. He like, my kids just look up to him and it's just cool. You know, like how God has used even our large age gap to be a blessing in my life. Cause they're like the cooler, younger, you know, aunt and uncle, all <laughs> my brother, both my brothers and, and, uh, brother's wife and my brother's girlfriend and my sister and her husband, like, they're just so cool. And, mm-hmm. um, and yet they care about my kids. So it's, it's cool. Like, yeah, there's God uses it all for sure. Yeah. yeah. And talk about sowing seeds. If you had have neglected those relationships when they were young and you were young, you wouldn't have that right now. No. Yeah. yeah. So what are the things that you guys do to promote healthy sibling relationships? Well, um, I would say, first of all, just that general um, foundation of, you know, treating treating others the way you want to be treated, the golden rule, basic etiquette um, in general, always saying thank you and please all of those kinds of things. So that's just universal. Like your sibling, you don't get a pass on being, you know, have, using basic etiquette yeah. with your sibling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, good. <laughs> we really, I really try to, um, stop them if you know they'll say things like hey that's mine like I'll go whoa 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 we don't do that here (laughs) uh we share so let's figure out a way to share whatever this is or take turns with whatever this is or put it away you know we don't we really try to stay away from this mentality of like these are my things and 
you can't right. have them, you know, <laughs> which we all, you know, kind of lash right. out like that every now and then. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, I need someone to help me sometimes, but, um, and I also encourage them to help each other. Um, and this is one that really gets on my daughter's nerves because she's very, um, conscientious. She makes her bed every morning. Her room is like pristine except for the closet because that's where she shoves everything away but she wants her room like you're not allowed to jump on her bed it's like this and my son is like (laughs) the exact opposite he's like me I'm like I would like it to look that way but I if it doesn't it doesn't bother me right until it does and then it has to look that way right um so you know I'll but I, I like that they, I, I want them to help each other. And so sometimes if they've been playing together, you know, the mess might not be equally distributed between them. But I say, you know, to my daughter, like, you need to help him. He's a little younger than you. He's not, he doesn't have the eye for cleanliness that you have, you know, help him and help each other. They get each other drinks, you know, can you get me some water from while you're in the kitchen? Yes, I can. Because that's all we need to be just yeah, as people. Um, and, um, and then the last thing I'll say about that is making sure that they get quality individual time. Mm, that's good. Kind of going back to that whole, like how many hours a day can you really be with one person without them getting on your nerves? Like they, they're regularly doing things together and it's, it's, getting less frequent now that they're getting older but I try to make sure that I have and my husband we try to make sure that we have quality time with them individually so they're not feeling like they're always kind of vying for our attention as a as a group yeah yeah I saw a big change in my kids when that happened because I felt like when they were real little they all just wanted me and I kind of treated them like one entity all three of them at the same time because that's all I could do and I saw a big difference in that when I started to spend one-on-one time with them and I carved out that time by taking them out on lunch dates Mm -hmm. yeah it's a big difference well I'm I'm a big fan of just having fun like creating opportunities for them to have fun together um Mm -hmm. We had, you know, I mentioned this before, like I forced my kids to do tennis together. I'm like, bye-bye, I'm dropping you off. You know, so whether I'm dropping them off um, to take a tennis lesson or dropping them off at the movie theater and my kids are a little bit older. So I was able to do that, you know, we've been doing that for a little while now, but once they're old enough to kind of go someplace on their own and for me to pick them up later, I, I encourage them to do that. They need to have fun together. I think that sometimes when they are, enjoying themselves with us it's not the same as when they're enjoying themselves with each other without us around um and so that's been really helpful for us and I also think too like not just having fun together but doing projects and working together Mm. so if I have something that needs to be done around the house and certainly one person can do it well maybe I have two or all three of them do it and I divide up the job so that they can do it together so that practice of them working towards a common goal to get something accomplished. I think that builds their relationship. I like that. Oh yeah. There, there's not, you know, there's not a lot of things that can speed up building a relationship than <laughs> working on a project together, especially if you, neither of you wants to be doing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great bonding time. Yeah. 
team Nothing building exercise. You, like having a common enemy, right? And the enemy <laughs> yeah. being a, a, a couple loads of laundry to fold. Yeah. I've seen that. Sure. I've seen that. Um, I, I think, okay, well, we lived in Northern Ireland for a few years. And so we had no family around us. And I think I got like, not intentionally, but I'm glad I really focused on my kids' sibling relationship quite early on because it was like, this you, these are the only people you got here. You know, you got to like be yeah. friends. And um, one of the things that we we do in our family is when there is conflict, we we really talk it out. And I, I have to say, this is kind of, I sort of take this lead in in the parenting team that we are like my husband's like oh my gosh do we really have to talk about this I'm like we need to talk about this but if there's <laughs> conflict I kind of will pay, peel back the layers um to get to like the issue and you know if they're like fighting over I don't know like who's gonna do what I'm like what why can't we make a a plan what what are you feeling I talk I ask them what are you feeling right now and I do try to encourage them to talk vulnerably about their feelings in front of one another because Mm -hmm. often it's sort of what brings the resolution is when the other person sees well this person is feeling like you always take them for granted and you always expect that they're going to pick up the the workload that you didn't do and they're feeling very unappreciated by you and you know for my kids it's been a real gift to be able to like do a lot of emotional coaching with them and talk about feelings um but one rule we do have, it's like a, we have a no tolerance policy um, for one, physically assaulting your sibling. Like there's never mm-hmm. a good reason to do that. And honestly, I don't even like it in jest. And I know siblings mm-hmm. do that, um, but I just feel like it always goes bad. I mean, even the punch buggies, you know I'm talking about punch buggy <laughs> red. It's like, ne- it never leads to like a hug at the end. So <laughs> we just like, don't hit each other. Like, don't do it. It's yeah. not like you're not allowed to do that outside this house. So, you know, you hit your coworker. That's it. Sorry. You're not only fired, you're going to jail. Um, so we don't do that. But also we're there's like a no tolerance policy for exploiting each other's weakness, weaknesses or shaming each other. Mm, and um, not that my kids do that, but I've been like, <laughs> you're not to do that. Like you're not to like bring to light their weakness, you know, to control them or to make them feel smaller than you that's just not cool and i i think those are things that like really toxic sibling relationships have is mm. that sibling that always makes you feel like crap in the room or always mm. happens to mention that you used to be afraid of the dark or you're still afraid of the dark and that's why you don't sleep over anyone's houses they know and, you better than anybody else and right? as parents when i'm being a passive parent i call that older oh, pushing each other's buttons but i Mm. have now reframed that to call it what i think it really is which is like manipulation it's it's exploiting each other and it's not going to build a healthy relationship Mm -hmm. it's it's just not cool so like we kind of like no you can't do that like there's not even there's no context which that's allowed Mm. um that's good so and i think i think it's kind of created like a this is a terrible way to describe it, but like a safe space. Like you need to be able to make each other feel safe, to be vulnerable, to be able to fail in front of each other, to be able to, I mean, you're not going to get along all the time. That's not going to happen for all the reasons a lot of you brought up, but you got to be able to be 
messy in front of each other with your growing upness and not feel like that person's going to use it against you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think sometimes the parents, I, <clears throat> I wished I, I kind of figured this out earlier on, to be honest with you. I actually said that to my kids, like, this is what you're doing when you do this and it's not mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. So that's the big thing we do. And we do reward and positively affirm when they are getting along. We're like, oh, look at you guys. Like, we love that you're, they're watching The Mentalist right now. And they're like, they're like dedicated to it. My kids are older, <laughs> they're teenagers. And they're like, we're like, we're finishing all seasons. I'm like, we love that this, that you have a thing and you have a show and we don't yeah. like that show. And you guys come watch it together. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's like, and we're like, you know what? We're going to buy you the snacks because we just love it so much, you know? So we try to do that too. So they kind of know like, oh, we're, enjoying his company. Mom and dad really like that. And it, it, mm. you know, it's that whole thing. Um, you know, that Bible verse says, um, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. That's the only version that I know, but I'm like, it's true. It's like when we're, when siblings are dwelling with one other in unity, it's so pleasant. It's so good. You know, there is an anointing in your home, so to speak. And, um, it's amazing. So we, have to, we do try to positively affirm when we see it. Oh, I like all that. I really do. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that we can do as parents is avoid comparison. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, it's so easy to label, like even good labeling can be dangerous if we are, you know, not. Yeah. I think that limits our children, but if we compare them in such a way that pits them against each other or makes mm-hmm. them feel less than, or going back to what you do, like kind of exploits their weaknesses that, you know, that that never goes well you know like I have a friend who's you know whose parents told her she was the pretty one and her sister was the smart one well yeah of course it's wonderful to be pretty but she grew up thinking that she wasn't smart Mm. you know And, and she shared this um I forget when it was, but she shared this with me after she was an adult, right? And I grew up with these girls and I was just astonished to find this out. Um, And so even well-meaning labels can create comparison within our kids. And so really being mindful of the words that come out of our mouth and, and, you know, teaching them not to compare themselves to one another. I mean, I have two girls. It's very easy for them to immediately compare their bodies. They're built Mm. differently. Like, let's not do that. Like, you know, so anytime I see them comparing grades or comparing their bodies, like I'm, I definitely put a stop to that. I make mm. sure I don't do it. I'm not hundred percent great at it. Um, Cause you want to praise them in the things that they're good at, right. but you want to make sure that it doesn't become a, a verse, you know, a them versus you kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And that's where that I mean, discernment comes in. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you've been pointing back to, um, just like being able to, I was going to say this, but I don't know if it's a spoiler. The nope, episode that we did about gifts, mm-hmm. you know, uh, being able to name our kids gifts also helps in not comparing because they're like, we're calling out what they're individually gifted in. So if you haven't mm-hmm. listened to the episode, you should. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yes. And you know what? I've had Very conversations good. with my children in response to some of this, like, so I had a very candid conversation with one of my daughters because she was believing something about herself, believing something about what I thought about her siblings versus what I thought about her. And I was able to draw attention to the, 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 I actually had a conversation about their differences. 
that there is something to be said for the times when your sister's easier to get along with and you're pushing me away. There's something to be said about the lies that you believe about yourself versus what you believe about your sister. So like in reference to maybe if I favor one of them or I love one of them more than another. And I was very candid and I would say, but if you think that I don't love you as much as your siblings, you're going, you have confirmation bias and you are going to find every example that proves that. I go and tell you to determine that I love you as much as I love your siblings. You're going to keep finding reasons to think that I don't. And so I need you to start looking for all of the ways that I love you. I need you to look for all of the ways that, you know, I'm going to interact with your siblings different than I interact with you because of your personality. And that's okay. If you want something more from me, if you want a different kind of relationship with me, tell me, you know, like if you want, you know, but you're, you know, I happen to enjoy this with your sister, but that has nothing to do with what I can and do enjoy with you. And so as they get older, we can have those conversations with them and, and just, you know, instead of just saying, Oh, just, you know, whatever, it's not, that's not what's going on or nah, that's ridiculous that you think that really talk to them about like what our mindset does and what our thinking process does to the relationships we have with our parents and even with our siblings. That's really good. It made me think it really challenged me, <laughs> um, <laughs> but then it left me, it like, you know, when you get challenged, you're like, oh yeah. And this thing, um, I think this is interesting with he- healthy something uh, relationships is you want them to really be siblings and not necessarily like caretakers of each other. Mm, and I, we definitely, um, we definitely have had to be really intentional about that in our family. Um, my daughter is younger than my son. My son is a hearing impairment and she's, and her personality leads her to be very um, protective. And I remember qu- quite young um, when she was in school, I'm going to say first grade and he was second grade and she knew he was having a hard time in school. And every day she'd go up to her teacher and be like, is my brother okay today? Is he having a good day? And it was causing a lot of anxiety for her. And she just felt like she needed to do something to fix it if it wasn't good. And just how a lot of responsibility that she took on without us even like, we didn't know, you know, like this, her personality and the situation. And we have had to have really strong conversations with both of them. Like, hey, your brother and sister, you know, yeah, you take care of each other, but you're not like each other's parent. You're not responsible for fixing each other's problems. Like you're to walk life together. And, um, I, I, I'm grateful that God brought people into me and Troy's life that kind of was like, Hey, pay attention to this because I see this in your daughter and this will be her burden for the rest of her life. If you don't address it. And, um, you know, I mean, recently they had a sweet moment together where my brother, my brother, my son was like, Hey, let me be your big brother. And, you know, cause she's always on the defense. She's ready to knock anybody out. That's going to mess with him. And he's fine. <laughs> he can't handle himself, but that's just her personality. But at the same time, it's like, it can affect her own um, journey and growing up and all that stuff. And we'd, we'd be like your brother and sister, you know, you're not his second mom. You're not his, or her second father. You are brother and sister. And um, that's, that's what you get to be to each other. Mm-hmm. So that's something that we're kind of still figuring out and learning and, you know, 
we've had to seek out professional help too. To like, how do you help a kid who has a sibling with additional needs and they feel that burden mm-hmm. and they're concerned then, you know what I mean? So something we're learning, but I think the key as in with everything, it's just being intentional and being aware. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I think one thing that I would would just say is that, um, you know, we talked we we did mention discernment, but like there are seasons of friendship when they don't need to be their each other's best friends or they don't mm. need to be their everything, mm-hmm. and that's okay. But understanding when it's because it's a natural flow of uh, their ages. So, for example, when my girls were young, uh, my kids are two years apart, all three of them. And I saw a real closeness with the girls. And then I saw a separation between them. And I was a little bit worried about it. And I coached my one daughter around the fact that, okay, like your sister's in high school now. Like, I think I saw a little bit of this, like, you know, kind of in those years where there was like a pulling away, they were still get, they still got along. But I I had to explain to my one daughter, I said, this is natural. Like she's, she's gone to high school now. She's older. She's, you know, trying to figure out like who she is and her place at school and in her friend group. And, and so it's not, has nothing to do with you. And I kind of coached her through that. And as soon as my middle hit ninth grade, they were like best buds again. So I feel like, you know, like in those big transitions from like, you know, elementary school to middle school and then middle school to high school, like you thrust that first one into a new situation socially into a new new situation, there's a little wrestling that's going on with them. And then it's kind of like, I describe it like a rubber band. And I've seen it with all of my kids as they go through these transition stages, there's a little bit of pulling away, but then there's a coming back, a pulling away and a coming back. And to recognizing that it would be different if there was something that was at the, you know, there was a root, you know, something that was going on that was unhealthy, but recognizing the healthiness of separation, I think is really important. Um, And again, going back to what you said, Alana, like they don't have to be together all the time. Um, They can have some separation, some individual individuation. What do they call that? (laughs) There's individuating (laughs) What are the, I yeah. don't know if that is the right word, but there is a natural progression of as they're becoming their own person and that comes in waves. And, and I think that recognizing that's really helpful. Awesome. Love it. All right. Totally agree. Well, thank you ladies for having this conversation. I think it's really good. And I've, every time I talk to you guys, I learned something. So same thank here. you. Same here. <laughs> If you'd like to connect beyond the podcast, you can find me over on Instagram. It's my favorite place to hang out and share the ups and downs of everyday life, what we get right and what we get wrong too. You can find me at, at Kimberly Amici, and you can find the podcast at, at Build Your Best Family. Remember, family culture is not about perfect, it's about purpose. <laughs>